Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. To continue production of these podcasts, prayers, and more, go to discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. Discerninghearts.com presents St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare and the Progress of the Soul with Dan Burke, who is the founder and president of the Avila Institute for Spiritual Formation. He's also the co-host of the Divine Intimacy radio show with his wife, Stephanie. He is the author and editor of more than 17 books on Catholic spirituality, including Devil in the Castle, the book on which this series is based. St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare and the Progress of the Soul, with Dan Burke. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Dan, thank you once again for joining me. This is such a blessing to be discussing the interior castle and exploring the wonderful journey God desires for each of us to make individually. Yeah, it is beautiful. And she's just particularly beautiful soul. I find John, I more identify with John on a human level. I'm not saying I'm a mystic or anything, but I just mean his, the way he thinks. But obviously, most of my writing and reading, most of my influence is Teresa, because I find her beautiful. I, I think that she, to say she was an extraordinary woman is, it's an, a profound understatement. What she achieved in so little time, because she converted late in life. I mean, she went to the convent young, but her, her awakening wasn't until she was closer to 50. And then she just lit the world on fire for a decade or so, establishing all of those convents in Spain and writing and dealing with the Inquisition and all of the sanity of the hierarchy and those that were for her and those that were against her and people were plotting and there was confusion because of the Reformation and the Beatas and the Alumbrados and all the false teaching with, with um, quietism is what mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. And she navigated all of that, of course, by the grace of God. I think because of one, the natural design of God, I think she was probably a genius. Uh, I really do. And then, of course, uh, grace building upon perfecting nature, better way to say it. And she just became this global force that hasn't stopped since the 16th century. And so, yeah, I love her, and I, I, I really mean that, and not like, I really think she's cool. That's not what I mean, because she makes me sane. She helps me to be sane and helps me to understand the way. And I don't like writing, but this book uh, I'm most pleased with of all the books because it answered so many questions for me. It affirmed me in some of the things that I, I thought it was okay, and I wanted to make sure. And I think it also was a gift to bring clarity to her because though all of those good things about her mind and all of that are true, she was not a linear thinker, which confuses a lot of people when they read her works. And in particular chapter, the sixth mansion took me the most time because she's trying to help us understand locutions and what happens when God breaks through in this supernatural way to bring new graces to the soul, and and she even touches on something we can apply to gifts gratuitously given in terms of the charismatic gifts, but she does not stand, I could see her, I think 
you know, she probably wrote it part on a stagecoach and then part in in a castle and part in a convent and part and and she never edited her work. So we have three or four lists of how to discern locutions. I put it together in one and tried to be, you know, concise. So that was the hardest writing of this book, but I think it's also rewarding because reading back, even preparing to talk with you today, her clarity is really awesome once you've lined it all up and you have the right buckets with the right information and all that. And yeah, I'm totally with you on how her particular way of delivering, at least it's for me, as maybe it's because I'm a woman and sometimes I get her going down these rabbit holes that she goes yes. down. As though I am talking to someone like a friend, either you know over lunch or over dinner, but I on the phone or whatever. The reality is, as you said, she might have composed this in so many different locations, but also under so many different experiences of her physicality. I mean, Stressing. she had so much going on physically mm -hmm. that, as someone who is in that same age bracket as she is she was in writing all this i mean that just being tired and the things that are going on in your body and well, even, heard yeah it even seems she had it meniere's disease or, or something like that right. or tin, tinnitus i should say because she had she described this loud roaring so she had as you say the normal old guy old lady stuff like we have but um yeah no you're exactly right a lot of, lot of stresses, a lot of normal, natural human stresses, plus reforming in order, dealing with John being imprisoned, uh, which was probably horrifying to her. However holy you are, your your number one guy in the fight with you gets, I mean, you can imagine Bruce getting imprisoned, you know, as you're trying to advance the ministry of discerning hearts, you know, how would that affect you? And so I think, yeah, I, we can give her some slack, we can cut her some slack. In that, too, though, this particular section, she is trying to speak, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but people that are have a holy, pious intention of heart, mm -hmm. they are desiring to have this relationship with the Lord. They have gone through so much as far as dealing with their sins, their pains, they're trying to walk with them, and then they begin to experience possibly certain things that they hadn't before. And you mentioned uh, locutions jumps right out. I think it's important that we establish what that is, sure. but also, you know, uh, Teresa, under all those circumstances, trying gently, but then also sometimes with, you know, an occasional slap, like wake up, mm -hmm. she is trying to help us to, to not get too caught up in what you have taught us so brilliantly in The Devil in the Castle, and she talks about the activity of the enemy. Yeah, I think it would probably be good to note, even before we get to the definition of elocution, that she writes stream of consciousness, of course, with the aid of the Holy Spirit and all of that, but doesn't edit. And so this came to mind during this chapter, but I, in my own understanding of it and in other writings of mystics, it isn't necessarily limited to this realm of, so you can be in the purgative way and, you know, here at locution or in the illuminative way. This, this whole realm we're talking about here is late, illuminative, unitive, canonizable territory. 
So it's important to note that this applies really to anyone who's following the Lord. As you indicated, you know, these things happen when you become open uh, and you really want to hear his voice. And so then it can happen anywhere, really, that God desires. The other thing is related to the definition, right? And then the sources would be helpful, I think. The definition of elocution is just simply something that you hear. Uh, it can be audible. It can be inaudible. It can be an impression. It's hard to explain these things because they exceed the bounds of normal definitions. That's why mystical theology is always theology by way of analogy. We're always talking comparison. So just generally think, speaking, I like the word impression. There's an impression made upon us. I think that's, that's helpful. It has three sources, of course, from the mind of the soul itself, from God or his emissaries, his angels, or from the enemy, right? So, mm-hmm. so at, and of course, you, you see the patterns there in Ignatian discernment as well. And St. Ignatius is really clear on those categories. So those are pretty universal categories when we have sources of mystical phenomenon. And then, then the question is, well, it's happened, so how do I, how do I interpret it? And there's a lot of ground here, and I, you know, what would happen if I just started talking, I would never stop. But I, I think what might be helpful, and I'll ask you, I don't know if you've ever experienced one, I don't mind sharing. I think, you know, sharing uh, is a little dangerous on a personal level, so I'd rather maybe talk about my wife, who is in the book, though, unnamed. She was at the kitchen doing dishes or something one day, not thinking about this topic, but then suddenly came into her mind her roles in her life. And so, you know, she horizontally across a plane, you know, mom, principal of a Catholic school, spouse, you know, all of that. And this is a little more complex than a normal locution, but it's a locution occurred in the midst of it. And then suddenly the Lord said to her, she was thinking then about her vocation as a Catholic school principal, which I always knew wasn't her vocation, but I, you know, as with spouses, you can't always say what you know, you have to wait and pray. And so she said, the Lord said, that's not your vocation. And that was the locution. And it stunned her, and it was contrary to what she thought, which is probably some good evidence that it was, I believe it was completely authentic. And then all of the roles went vertical instead of horizontal. The top role now is child of God, spouse, mother, you know, and then suddenly principal is way down on the list. And the effect of the locution was immediate, which is, I'm sort of, I'm revealing the rules of discernment of this as I'm describing. So first, the locution was extremely clear and complete, strong, clear, complete. That is not your vocation or whatever exactly the words were. It didn't build. If it builds, you should be suspicious. Strong, clear, and complete. And it a locution also tends to communicate far more than the words themselves you would infer when it didn't come from God and it had the power of this sort of multi-dimensional revelation that comes with elocution. So that's why I think she got the remaining view of the vertical um, orientation of roles and what her true vocation 
was. So those things occurred. And then she immediately had the ability to make a life decision that was very hard and she, uh, and she was able to do so. So the last one is allocution gives the grace necessary or if, if it's something to be or in us, through us, it gives the power, if you will, the strength of conviction to then live in that reality, to correspond to that reality. So we've covered a lot of the different rules just in. We'll return to St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare and the Progress of the Soul with Dan Burke in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. A Love Song by St. Teresa of Avila Majestic Sovereign, Timeless Wisdom Your kindness melts my hard, cold soul Handsome lover, selfless giver Your beauty fills my dull, sad eyes I am yours You made me I am yours You called me I am yours You saved me I am yours. You loved me. I will never leave your presence. Give me death. Give me life. Give me sickness. Give me health. Give me honor. Give me shame. Give me weakness. Give me strength. I will have whatever you give. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare and the Progress of the Soul with Dan Burke. In that description. Yeah, I think that's very powerful. And we're blessed to have Stephanie who can share that 
that, you know, allow that to be shared. Because as you said, a lot of this is something that's so personal to the individual that this experience, and it does have a different, many different layers, which kind of proves out in time too, because it always goes deeper and deeper. It does. And, and you don't forget it. You don't even have to write it down because it's it, something that has made an impression. Am I correct? Perfectly stated. And I'll, I'll give you one that's humiliating to me because one of the dangers of these things is if they produce pride, then that's an issue. That's a bad fruit, right? So mm -hmm. this one's a little humiliating and it actually has happened to me on this show already with you. So that's kind of interesting. So the locution was slow to speak, which of course is a quote from the Bible, James slow to speak. And it is something I've desired to develop as a person because I think quickly. And so sometimes I can be in a conversation and start getting it head in. And then that creates a kind of rudeness. Like I interrupted you earlier and I was, I know it doesn't bother you, but I was aware because of the locution and because of mm -hmm. what he's doing in me. And I am action oriented. I do pray a lot, but once I get out of prayer, I'm I'm running pretty hard, you know, and so I can tend to push people a little too much in in the pace of how I normally operate. It's great to live in the South, by the way. It's a great it's a great counteraction. Uh, the culture here is so slow. It's awesome for people who are so disordered as I am. But it has never left me. It's now in my rule of life. Every day I do an exam against it. And the the reason I knew I I interrupted you a minute ago is because of the power of that gift of God saying, okay, I know you've been working on this for a while. I needed you to be humble because you're a loser and you can't fix it. He didn't call me a loser, but you know, you're, you're not very good at fixing it, but I needed you to know this is from me. Now I'm giving you the gift, but now our responsibility is to, of course to correspond to the gift and, and yield to the graces or whatever. But that's another example of uh, how loc locutions were. Yeah, and the thing about elocution, from my experience, because I would have to say that I've experienced several of them over the course of several decades <laughs> that have been landmark, like you said, they're short, they're to the point, they don't leave, and they weren't for me, they weren't auditorially. I mean, there was something so powerful in my heart, you just know the Lord has spoken in my heart, and for most uh, from what I have read in the in the mystical writings of the Saint Hildegard, for example, she will speak of uh, hearing them in the ear of her heart, and that comes from right from the very beginning of the rule. You know, her visions that people will recount were not visions that she saw with the eyes, but with the eyes of her heart. Mm -hmm. You know, they they become the, there's an intellectual nature, and when I say intellectual, I don't mean so much that that they're detailed in theology, but you're, you have an understanding that you didn't have before. Yeah. and But it's simple. It's, it's, and that's the irony of it all, isn't it? Yeah, it's simple, but it is, it's power. You know, it has power. It, it's why when you read books like by folks like Father Jacques Philippe, he can say things in a sentence that, that take others, take paragraphs, and it has the deepest you know, just as powerful an effect, you know, as many more words. Another good judge of locutions, which is also parallels Ignatian second rules, is 
whether or not you were thinking about it before. So uh, St. Ignatius talks about it with preceding cause or without preceding cause. I don't have a memory. Usually once something like that happens, I go right to both John and Ignatius in terms of how I think about it. Like I try not to allow for the thing to build afterwards, which allows for corruption. Because really what we should do when we have those locutions is set them aside and move on. As in, in terms of as they are supernatural and striking, it's not to just focus on that. It's, okay, now love, right? Because it's all about love. That's the, right. The one Stephanie received is about love. The one I received is about love, loving others more deeply and caring for them in dignity. We may have talked with, about this before, but you know, if, if you're a young guy at 25 and you're working on your raised garden beds and you're thinking about tomatoes and the Lord says, I want you to be my priest, and you had never thought of that, you really ought to listen to that. It doesn't mean it's 100% sure, but that is a great one. So I think, Teresa, of course, you and I both know having, well, I know you've been through Spain and we didn't go together. We went to France together, right? But, one of the best pilgrimages. I recommend your pilgrimages. To everybody listening out there, if I can say it was one of the best I've ever been on. God be praised. No. Well, when you go to Spain, you know what you see all over Spain is Carmel, Ignatius, Carmel, Ignatius. Everywhere there's Carmel, there's Ignatius. And so I think probably, and, and of course we know the Jesuits of that time helped the Carmelites and many others in their spiritual direction. So that probably, she may have learned that from the Jesuits. Or she, who knows? She may have taught them, I think. It preceded her, but uh, the Holy Spirit works across, you know. The beauty of setting more mystics in multiple traditions, and and our good friend Dr. Anthony Lillis is probably the most widely studied in that sense, is you get to see these beautiful parallels uh, where the Holy Spirit's working through all these saints of different periods, but it's the same beauty and power. We'll continue this conversation in our next episode. You've been listening to St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare and the Progress of the Soul with Dan Burke. To hear and or to download this conversation along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. Also, you can view the video of our conversation by visiting the Discerning Hearts YouTube channel. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you find us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for St. Teresa of Avila, Spiritual Warfare, and the Progress of the Soul with Dan Burke.